you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, this is Alex Delhart from the Fantasy Live Podcast. In the latest episode, we talked Colin Kaepernick staying in San Francisco and if he'd be a better fit in Denver. Then we look at some fantasy fool's goals for 2016, including Chris Ivory and Jeremy Langford. Finally, we do a deep dive into the 2016 rookie running back class, where to take Zeke Elliott and more. Download the episode on NFL.com slash podcast or iTunes. The Around the NFL podcast. Made you swipe right on Tinder. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I'm Colleen Wolf, joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wesseling, and nobody else. Hey, Colleen. I don't know what's happening around here. Well, thank you, You guys are dropping like flies. We are. I mean, it's, it, I'm not sure we would have had a show if you were, uh, were not here today. I mean, we, we found out early in the morning that Dan, who's been, he's been battling bronchitis for what feels like a long time. January. He's sick. We miss him. He's just not here today. The heroes are starting to resemble the cast from Making the Leap, just dropping like flies one after the other. It's, it's a very skeleton troubling. crew today. Yeah. That's that's actually an industry term. Yeah. But um, you know, we're just we're trying to get by without Dan. I hope he's listening. If he is, buddy, get better. We really need you here, okay? Get yourself a Z pack, buddy. Get a Z pack. He needs it. I promise I did not poison him. This was not planned. <laughs> His last tweets actually was about uh, he was accusing Dave Damashek of being um, Chandler Bing deep down from Friends. And then he just went radio silent after that. So uh, I don't know if Sheck has anything to do with this or what. But we will move on. We, we will. will continue. Brandon, how are you behind the glass? I'm doing pretty good, even though the phone's ringing up here right now. But I'm just going to totally ignore that. Cool. That's good. That's what I do as well. Our fo- focus is on the podcast. Multitask. Yeah, you've been um, super active on the Around the NFL subreddit. I uh, oh, I was know, on there. I saw that you're posts. all over it. Solid two posts going at about 
a week and a half. <laughs> yep. Well, now the room is approaching the 1,200 hero mark, so that's a big deal. If you guys aren't on it yet, definitely go in there, check it out, sign up. There's some really funny discussions going on. You guys have been doing a great job. So with that, let's get to some news. I want you to get better soon. <laughs> All right, so on Wednesday, D'Angelo Williams went after Vontez Burfecht, saying the hit on Antonio Brown cost the Steelers a Super Bowl run. Now, Brown obviously was knocked out of that super dramatic game and was unable to play for Denver. Chris Wessling, do you think that that would have changed the outcome? Do you think that the Steelers would have been able to beat Denver at least? I do, and I think, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It's just one of these what-might-have-been scenarios, but they outgained the Broncos in that game, even without the best wide receiver in the NFL. A month earlier, they had beaten the Broncos with Antonio Brown giving Chris Harris the worst game of his career. I think Antonio Brown is is a major X factor in a game like that, and yeah, I don't blame the Steelers for asking what might have been, but as Ted Thompson, Packers GM, once told me, Either you're all wet or you're not wet at all when it comes to the NFL. So wow. the Steelers aren't wet at all. How about that? Yeah. You and uh, Ted chatting it up. It was for my Love You Blue long form when, it, you know, talking about the Oilers, always wonder if they could have beaten the Steelers, but uh, it doesn't really matter. You don't get to say you could have won. You just, you know, have to think about it forever. Two items. Like, that was, for me, a top one or two weirdest game of the year. That and was I lo- so crazy. It was, it was a bizarre game, and it's – it, it, we replay all these Patriots games and all, frankly, all these Broncos games endlessly, Manning and Brady. That game needs to get a little more NFL network. Love I don't know I why think. it's not on because that was one of the most interesting games. It was so dramatic. It was so emotional on both sides. I remember just watching it and not wanting it to end ever. I, I watched it in, a, in like a tavern full of Bengals fans, and I s- understood a little bit better just the roller ca- coaster of pain that they seemed to go through. Well, for all the Bengals fans tweeting me since I wrote this article the other day that without Burfecht's hit, the Steelers don't win that game, give me a break. There's still 18 seconds left. A second down, they need about 12 more yards for a field goal, and Big Ben is feeling the moment on that drive. There's no doubt in my mind they still get a field goal opportunity in that situation. Yeah, you're right, and it's one of those games that, I mean, D'Angelo Williams basically said after that his rival is the Bengals now, that suddenly the Ravens, How do you supersede a team like the Ravens and the Steelers-Ravens rivalry? Have a game like that with the Bengals. That's Yeah, that's exactly how you do it. And these two have been going back and forth on Twitter as well. I don't know oh, if you've yeah. seen them, but they sort of sound like – I feel like it's sort of high school. They oh, sound yeah. like two girls uh, yes. going back and forth. But in case you missed it, I have some of them here. So Vontez Perfect, um, after a couple exchanges back and forth, he said – to um, D'Angelo Williams, I'll teach you how to keep my name out of your mouth. Though remember, I have to tackle you. Then D'Angelo Williams said, we'll be looking forward to it after your vacation, and please give everyone my regards. So then Perfect came back and said, oh, my bad. Lev is way better than you, D'Angelo. Why am I talking to a backup? Let me stop. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that, Brandon. (laughs) Uh, You're going to have to bleep that out. And then D'Angelo said, you're right. I'm backing the best back in the league. You're talented, but your inability to control yourself holds you back. And he actually does have a point there. Well, that think, was the most mature of the tweets. Yeah. D'Angelo had the biggest takedown of all. I don't think you read that one where he basically said something about, are you going to stop costing your team games? Oh, this one here. Would you like to read that one? Yes. I'm just happy <laughs> you unblocked your Twitter account. 
What are you doing when you're not costing your team games? <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> yes. So these two, I cannot wait to see both of them in the regular season. Let's move on to Blake Bortles, who said this week on our NFL HQ that the Allens, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, are the NFL's best wide receiver duo. Now, Hearns, he scored in seven straight games during the season. And then Robinson, he set all sorts of franchise records. So, Mark, are they the best? And if not, who is? I don't know. Maybe Blake Bortles is staring into the future because right now, for my money, well, this is an aging combo with Brandon Marshall, but Marshall and Eric Decker legitimately were the best combo last season in my book. And then I think you have to look at with the Packers getting Jordy Nelson back. You've got Nelson. That's the one that everybody Randall forgets Cobb. about. It's easy to forget because they weren't on the grid together last year. Yeah, they were the best in 2014. I thought last year, head and shoulders above the entire league was Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant. Mm-hmm. But with Bryant being injured, it sort of or being suspended, that opens it up. And the way Cole Wright phrased the question to Bortles, who is the best one-two punch? To me, that includes tight ends, and I'll take Gronk and Julian Edelman over everyone. I mean, we have to buy into Bortles a little bit in what he's saying because you and I have each, since December, written articles talking about the Jaguars as potentially the next great offense. A lot of people point to them that way. And if you look at that team in general, there aren't a lot of position groups where there isn't one or two really promising players. So we'll see. Maybe Bortles is speaking to us from 2017 or beyond. Yeah, there's some interesting young ones, too. I wonder how Kevin Wright and Alshon Jeffrey will do. That's a, That could be a really good twosome. Also, I don't know, maybe Larry Fitz and John Brown is sort of in the conversation. Not the Mike, best, but just like in that realm a little bit. Yeah. I think Michael Floyd had six 100-yard games in the last eight games, too. So if wow. you opened up to a trio, they would be number one. Andrew Hawkins, Brian Hartline in the AFC North. <laughs> Taylor Gabriel. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, how about this one? Mark Sanchez, he doesn't care who else the Broncos bring in, Kaepernick or not. Mark Sanchez said, I will bet on myself to be the starting quarterback. I don't remember the last time I was writing about football in an offseason, and this wasn't the story. It's always like Sanchez West. He's going to bring all the receivers out west to work with him. Give me a break with the Mark Sanchez. Nonsense. Wait, what? What, what is this, this you've ushered in? What is this? This wasn't part of – we didn't talk about this before. Uh, Brandon? I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. Because I discussed this with the brand. We are not discussing Mark Sanchez (laughs) again this summer. Moratorium. Not a single news item. We're not discussing Sanchez again. Who is with me? Dan's not here. (laughs) Dan's not here. You don't have the boss here. I think this is the perfect time to make new rules. We're taking control. Until he is named the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos, he doesn't exist. I think it's a great rule. I think we should be able, because we have to discuss these guys ad nauseum. Everyone, we all have rules where we don't have to write about someone. Who's yours? Victor Cruz. That makes sense. Really? I didn't know about this. Oh, yeah. Give me a break. When that guy plays again, we'll write about (laughs) it. So, yeah, uh, down on the desk, we can each pick one guy, typically one guy, because, you know, the news operation has to lurch forward. Who's your guy? I don't. I haven't picked one yet, but I just did pick one. Mark Sanchez. Perfect. Yeah, I'm my, not writing about him, and I'm not talking about him. Mine's always a giant or a jet. 
because if it happens in New York, oh, everybody's got to write about it. Give me a break. Do you guys know, does Dan or Greg have one? Greg typically, I would say, does not. No. I don't have to revisit Greg does. Yeah, I think it's a good thing for them to okay. – because they, they, it's, it's the time of year where you can pick a new one, too. You can draft a new non-write, non-discussed individual. All right, fair enough. Then yeah. I guess we have to move on. He's Let's out. move on to RG3. His introductory press conference was yesterday with the Browns on Wednesday. Hugh Jackson said the Browns offense doesn't need to be tailored to RG3's strengths. So, Mark, what do you take away from this? Well, I think Wes wrote this up very well. I mean, I the question – it comes off of Mike Shanahan's comments where Mike Shanahan, RG3's former coach, said if you want him to succeed, and he basically told RG3 this, you need to be involved in a read option-based attack that uses your God-given skills. That's who you are. And so Hugh Jackson's retort response basically was, we're not going to build an entire offense around RG3 and the read option necessarily, but he certainly in his comments sounded like we're going to build, we're going to use, we're going to play to the strengths of all our players, our wide receivers, our running backs, and our quarterback to build a flexible offense that works. He, Hugh Jackson basically told Jeff Darlington, or somebody with the Browns told Jeff Darlington that Hugh expects RG3 to start week one. After hearing this, he's certainly not putting all his eggs in that basket. No. Why build your offense around RG3 when you're going to take a quarterback at number two overall? Or maybe Josh McCown beats out RG3? Who knows how what happens there? But to me, they're not ready to say, okay, we're going to construct our offense around this guy because we're betting on him as our starter. And right. it doesn't sound like they've totally moved on from Josh McCown either which, I mean, they sort of have to cover their bases at this point and say whatever. But, I mean, he didn't back away. He said he's excited to work with him. And I would think that he kind of has to consider both of them depending on how it plays out because it's the Browns and you never know what's going to happen with the quarterback. And Josh McCown is not someone who's going to be a problem. I, it almost Josh McCown almost seems happy to be in the background and just being a mentor inside the quarterback room. So maybe Hugh getting around him realized that. But it also, I wonder if they are pinned on one of the two quarterbacks in the draft. And if they didn't get him, they go best player available. You get someone down the road, a quarterback in the draft, and McCown becomes a bigger factor at that point. Because RG3 and McCown together, can they even play 16 games? There's little proof of that. Did you take anything else away from what you heard from Griffin yesterday? He talked about... Oh competing and growing and all of the cliches that you normally hear but was there anything that you sort of like read between the lines with him no I I don't know if there is anything to read between the lines with RG3 he's a cliche sloganeering marketing machine perfect and he speaks in robotic marketing terms. I was hoping you could like translate it for me maybe you would be able to see through some of it because I can't everything's like a t-shirt everything that comes out of his mouth is is born to be on a t-shirt the we play a kid's game what was it for a king's ransom Something. Which he stole from someone else, and then No Pressure, No Diamonds, which he stole from millions of people. I'm surprised <laughs> we didn't get an Iron Sharpens Iron, but I'm sure that happened. I think McCown gave us that one. Well, McCown probably is a, he's a good candidate for that one. I mean, I'll never forget when I was in college, and there was this like baseball player dude that like lived in the dorm room next to me. And he was gone, and he asked me to like water a plant in his room while he was gone. I don't know what it was, but he gave me access to his room. And I went in there, and it was my first exposure to like how an athlete lives. And it was slogans, all o- motivational slogans all over the place. And I asked him one time, like, dude, like, what are they yours? Where are they coming from? He's like, oh man, that's just what we, that's what we eat and breathe. Like, we got to keep motivating ourselves. And I think athletes just live in a little bit of a different world. I get that, and it's. 
you that's know, like every player's Instagram if you go on it. Right. I, I get that, and I, they don't get where they are without goals and without writing them down and inspiration. But And I hope I, – I like RG3. I hope he does well. I just wish something original would come out of his mouth. Yeah, that would be nice. Hopefully he can play well, too, for the Browns' sake this year. All right, let's move on to the Raiders. They're making more moves. First, it was Kalecio Semele. You added Sean Smith, Bruce Irvin, and now they add Reggie Nelson. I think that the the Raiders might actually be good this year. I do, too. And to me, the most important thing, Reggie McKenzie hit a home run in free agency just because he strengthened his roster and allowed himself to go into the draft. He doesn't have to go in and target a specific position. They're not desperate in any one area. He can play pick best player available. I mean, they'll probably have to draft a young safety because they needed that anyway, but I, I like what, what this roster is shaping up as. It was our best free agent still on the – there aren't a lot left, but he was the top of that list. And it's, it's just so interesting to me to see with the Raiders, and Mark Davis, their owner, is one of the guys that is just flamed by people left and right. He's odd-looking, whatever you, you want to say about him. But, again, he had the patience against what a lot of people thought to keep – the GM around. And a lot of people around the league love Reggie McKenzie and say how talented he is. But the first couple of years with the Raiders, it was like, are you kidding me? Like, we aren't seeing any of what anyone's talking about. But then you give it time and the organization starts to turn. I, for me, I would like to see more teams kind of just stop hiring and firing like madmen. Yeah, you have to wait a little bit. You need to let things gel and chemistry build and things to work. It doesn't just happen overnight. And if it does, it's a lot of luck is involved in that. Yeah. You can build a franchise with one good draft. Yeah, and I mean the it's The Derek Carr Cleo Mack franchise cha- or draft changed everything and and now it allows them to sign and recruit free agents. And even with all those other players, I'd argue if they didn't feel that there was consistency at quarterback where you could start drafting around the quarterback, the Raiders would not be in a much better place. With Mac, with all of it, they'd still be that one position away and they could swing and miss for the next six years. Yeah, not to mention the secondary, they struggled so much with covering tight ends and they also lost Charles Woodson. So this was a really, really good pickup yeah. for them. All right, what about J.J. Watt? Could Watt retire from the NFL early? I feel like all – I keep seeing this. Every time I open up another tab on my computer, it's something about J.J. Watt talking about retiring, just like alluding to it. So the latest one here, he said on Sports Radio 610 in Houston, it's not going to be terribly longer, but I am going to play as long as I can and enjoy it and have fun. So do you think anytime soon that this is going to happen? What is this all about? I'm skeptical because – I know we point to Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. They don't seem to me as quite obsessed and driven as J.J. Watt is by his legacy. And to me, like, if you look at the last 30 or 40 years, Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, Peyton Manning, Ray Lewis, Tom Brady, probably the five most driven, obsessed football players. And I would put J.J. Watt in their category. I think it means that much to him. Yeah, and he still has a lot more money to make and a lot more thresholds to cross because he's already at the place for with another defensive player of the year and maybe at some point an MVP. He can start to be talked about in the way that older people, people our age, talk about Lawrence Taylor after watching him. I mean, Watt probably also knows that some of the great athletes have left. Jim Brown did that. You mentioned a few yourself. It's like there is maybe some attraction to not with what's going on with football in general. A lot of players are thinking about shortened careers, but not when the money's still there too. Plus it's always sort of sad when you start to see a player that was so dominant for so long at the top of his game 
on the decline and still really trying to to prove everybody wrong I always sort of feel sad for guys who they, they really think that they can still do it and still turn it around and they're just like playing terribly at this point in their careers and you sort of just like have them out there because like even like Peyton Manning not that Peyton Manning is in that category but even at the end last year when everybody was like well Gary Kubiak has to put him back in there I mean he ha- if they're going to play in the Super Bowl he has to play Peyton Manning like you don't really have a choice when you have guys like this and a lot of guys they want to go out on top and we we are in a different era. This is a different generation that doesn't think the same way as they did in the 70s and 80s where you played as long as your body held up, you played, you know, and now they didn't have life-changing money back in the 70s. Now they do. And there, it's a whole – with the concussion issue, I mean, Chris Borland and Anthony Davis, Patrick Willis, all these guys retired early. I think it's just like – the peer pressure to stay in there isn't isn't what it was. Yeah, and also if you're Watt, you've just we've just learned that he like tore his groin in like seven different places. Maybe you know the mind is thinking, I don't need this feeling every January. So well, like, that can't be fun. Doesn't sound fun to me. It can't be fun when you're hurt and you're not playing well. Like I mean, just mentally and physically, that's got to be completely draining for an athlete. Um, also, guys, big news. The NFL released their preseason schedule. It's a big day. Get excited. Big day for Wes, especially. Uh, Wes is like, I mean, we all were like, let's go out after this, maybe grab some drinks. I mean, like, I don't even know. I think <laughs> oh, that's the, why. I think The that's music w- abruptly yeah. stopped. Brandon's having none of it. <laughs> I didn't fitting. realize it was that short. He that's all right. none of it. I think that, honestly, because I know Dan is legitimately ill, and I'm not questioning that. And I know that Greg is somewhere in the Far East, so his agenda is different. But I think Dan just legit stayed home, started, you know, drinking a little bit early, getting a little bit excited for the NFL Network's 1 p.m. West Coast release, the preseason schedule. Then you just sit back and bask in the new information. Is there a a special that they're doing for you? Oh, yes. As we are up here, you know, this comes out. Short out, shortly after 1 p.m., currently our network is on fire announcing these preseason games. Well, I've, let's let's dig into this. I mean, we really need to unpack this. I was looking at the schedule, pouring over it. I have a favorite matchup that I'm looking forward to. But, right. Mark, why don't we start with yours? I think for me, and it's, I mean, I don't know how to get more excited about a sporting event than what I'm about to discuss, but the Cowboys <laughs> week one of the preseason – they're going to travel to Los Angeles for the first time in over two decades to play an L.A.-based football team. Wait, the, so they're already going to be in Oxnard, so they just have to drive an hour south? All right, so they're going to drive an hour <laughs> south. That's right, right down the coast. Roll right into Los Angeles and play the Rams. Now, the matchup itself could be putrid, but the, the idea of a team coming back to L.A., that's where it gets my vote. Yeah, I was I'm equally as excited about that matchup. Um but I tried to pick a different <laughs> one and I'm actually looking at the list right now trying to decide which one I want. There's so much to pick from. Favorite. Um but I'm thinking Arizona at Houston. That is week 3. And I'm thinking, you know, I I finally get to see the Cardinals again and what will happen with Brock Osweiler. Maybe get a little taste of what's going to happen with that offense and how it's going to gel. Um, I always get really excited for the preseason right before the first game. And then I watch it. And then something happens. Yeah, it's like Hall of Fame game. Like around four minutes into the second quarter, you're like, 
wait a minute, this is terrible. <laughs> I know. Oh but, no, four more weeks. But don't, like, I still get, like, legitimately, I get a little excited before, and it's sort of like a buzz around here because football's back and we yeah. get to actually watch a game. But it's preseason. <laughs> All right, Wes, what's yours? Preseason is a cruel tease because football <laughs> is not back. Sorry. Sorry, Henry Hodgson pushing this preseason schedule on us on April 7th. Is that a shadowy league? Wow. No, that's the director of programming, DOP, Handsome Hank. I know Hank. Um, yeah. It, four months removed from the start of the preseason, I could not possibly muster up any excitement for any of these games. By August 7th, I won't even be excited. So, so you're, I, you're picking nothing. I'm not. You asked which games we're excited for. Zero. If you, <laughs> if you had to pick one. If you had to, I mean, look at this list. You got the Browns and the Bucks. <laughs> Definitely, the that's not going to get with the Titans and the Raiders. Maybe the Raiders. Uh, none of these. That's not sweetening the pot. Chargers and the. Vikings. I don't think we're getting at West to bend on this topic. <laughs> I don't think he has the list either. So. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, that that settles that. Let's move on then to let's see what are we doing next. Oh, so guys, um, we have uh. I released my all name team this past week. So the off season, there's so much to do. This was one of the activities. Um, you guys know that I'm a big fan of weird and odd names in the NFL. So I've gone through the rosters before and I picked out names that I like, and then I've given them alternate occupations and weird lives and things like that. That's my hobby. That's what I do in my free time. <laughs> I want to wow. party with really? you. Cowboy. <laughs> So um, let's go around the horn here. And, you know, you don't have to pick from the the list that I put out there. And you guys can check it out on NFL.com. But uh, if there's a name that I left off, which a lot of people were like, you did not put this on your list. I'm not sure about your list. But um, let's go around and give our favorite names of prospects that are coming out in the draft. So, Mark, let's start with you. I mean, shame on someone that says that you don't you didn't include X, Y and Z. You have like 26 names on here. And it's very an opinion complete. based piece. Right. Like it's subjective. Right. I mean, people are need people to... arguing with you. There were a lot. I got some heat. <laughs> wow. I'm like, really? <laughs> These people need to absolutely calm down. You got a couple. Fanta- I like this one. Running back out of Oregon State, Storm Bars Woods. Ooh. With a hyphenated Bars Woods as his last name. Fantastic. Storm the, is a great first the declarative name. Declarative sentence. It is. And I, you know, it's, I, I think this guy, is he a, what kind of a prospect is he? Because I wouldn't know anything about that. Um, he, you know, I was thinking, well, first I was thinking Storm, a running back named Storm. And then I was like, oh, wait, there was already a running, there was a recent running back named Storm, Storm Johnson. Yeah. And it doesn't always play out. <laughs> it doesn't. No. Uh-uh. So uh, hopefully he does play a little bit better than his name. Like him. I like him. Yeah. Um, I had actually a shadowy league figure email me about a name that was left off my list. And um, this uh, this and he was right, actually, because I overlooked this one. I do really like I'm going to give him a nod here. Sims McElfresh. Oh. That's <laughs> that to me great. is a quality name receiver out of Appalachian State. Um, that so I have to give him a shout out. But I don't know if you guys saw the kicker, um, UCLA kicker. I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. It's uh, his full name is fifty three letters. And I was hoping that Dan was going to be here today because I really wanted to see if he could try and pronounce this last name. Wow. But it's John Christian and something like 
kaimi no ya lao mi ka aiko o kikuma paya. So it's something along those lines. I'm pretty sure that's close. And it ends in Fairbairn. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fairbairn. I forgot about that. I actually left off an entire, like, two syllables there. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's probably the top of my list for... How could he not be? That's more than... A, that's more than... Rod name. Who's the singer from Israel? Kamakawiwa Ole? Oh, that's close, I think. Yeah. I mean, it must yeah. be... I know, like, when we, we have two boys, and it's we spent just as much time in long debate hours of discussion over the middle name as the first name. Oh. And so I don't know what the conversation was around this kickers, uh, what the parents were doing there. But I mean, if it's not a family name, there are, there are some major questions to answer. Or like trying to, trying to spell that name. Like I'm a terrible speller in general, but I mean, I don't know at what age you can memorize and spell this and so I mean that's if, just copy on a test too <laughs> think about that in school all right Wes what's your favorite name well this isn't my favorite I'm going to get to that in a second I okay. just want to commend you on Daryl Green oh your description <laughs> so I'm reading through this and I'm like yeah. what is Daryl Green's about the most common name you could have and he said even if he isn't the OG Daryl Green Hall of Famer for the Redskins the uh-huh. fastest man in football for two decades he's still Daryl Green OG for offensive guard. Right? You pulled it off. Thank you. Thank you. You, you pulled it off. I wasn't sure where you were going. It there, was a stretch. Nice. I wasn't sure either. I first. don't even think it was a stretch. <laughs> My favorite is linebacker Casanova McKenzie from Auburn. Ooh. Great first name. And again, in your description, really make really make scouts amorous over Ooh, workouts. See? Nicely done. <laughs> also reminds me of a all-pro safety for the Bengals in the 70s named Tommy Casanova who uh, the Bengals were interesting in the 70s because they had two All-Pros on their defense who left right around age 26, 27. Tommy Casanova fell in the draft because he was a pre-med student. Everybody knew he was going to be a doctor. He only played about five years and then went and became a doctor. And Mike Reed, their defensive tackle, played about five years and went on to become one of the greatest country music singer-songwriters. He's in the Nashville Hall of Fame, the Songwriting Hall of Fame. And that was story time <laughs> with Chris Wessling. There That's what go. I love about Wes. Like I, oh, you end up telling these stories, and this is what happens. Like if we all end up going out, we will have a couple beers, and then you'll just start telling stories like this, and they're so interesting. <laughs> well, I'm glad you find them interesting, and I'm not boring you. No, never. All right. So we actually had uh, somebody on the subreddit, uh, Ollie Packers, suggest that we go back and sort of revisit some of our worst predictions from last year. Ollie so, Packers? Ollie Packers. Unless it was oil Packers and I'm dyslexic, but I think it was <laughs> Ollie Packers. <laughs> Either way, we salute but, you. Yeah, so every year we all have to get our predictions together and write them and they post them and you never know what's going to happen, but a lot of times you're persuaded by the narratives that are going on throughout the league and all of us sort of... You know, we fall for it sometimes. So, um, yeah, let's let's start off here and um, let's go through some of the worst predictions here. So, um, I you know I'm gonna start. Um, so my let's go with um, my comeback player of the year, Sam Bradford. Yeah, so um, about (laughs) Bradford, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but the 17 turnovers in, like, 14 games, that 
that had um, that kind of hurt my chances for him becoming comeback player. Uh, you know, I, I probably should have known by now that it's not going to happen, but I still hope every year and especially this year, maybe it will happen this year, but my optimism really, uh, it, it just, it didn't work out. The division was crap and they still could not get in the playoffs, which is terrible. He got better as the season went on. He got more accurate. He was like super rusty at the beginning of the year. Um, but the beginning of that season really crushed him and crushed the Eagles, and then they fired Chip Kelly and everything burned to the ground. Well, I mean, at least in your to your credit, I mean, what we knew when we were when you know we were kind of forced to make these. They're like you, your predictions are due by August, whatever. It's like what? Okay. And I had a fever at the time. I was like, <laughs> I, I had like a hundred and three fever, and I was like, delu- like I was seriously delirious, and I would love to blame it on that. You but, weren't. Um, you were not on an island here. We, no. I, I got suckered in after that preseason game where he looked phenomenal. Did you? Oh yeah. Right, I, I feel a little bit. I better. remember coming on this podcast and saying that he's gonna. He's going to do great in Chip Kelly's offense, and it didn't happen. Well, I went one step further uh, with Phil- with the hype around Philadelphia picking. Here is the worst prediction maybe <laughs> on NFL.com of all last season. The Eagles over the Colts in Super Bowl 50. Yeah. Multiple car. There should have been a train wreck and a car wreck and a plane crashing into it from above. I mean – uh, you know the Colts. The Colts made sense at that time. We didn't know what was going to happen to the Colts. We didn't know what was going to happen to the Eagles either. But I think that I got sucked in with the idea that everyone there's all this negative Chip Kelly stuff. I was like, I'm going to go full all in and believe that something kind of Belichickian and insane is going to happen with the Eagles. And I was dead wrong. I think you also picked Chip Kelly as your we don't uh, need to get coach of the year. <laughs> we don't need to get him. Well, that would not – I think what I did, which was which is the wrong way to play this game, is that everything lines up. Like, oh, well, if I believe that they're going to win the Super Bowl, Chip Kelly as coach of the year makes absolute sense. Instead, why not just go with someone else that has nothing to do with the first terrible pick I made so you can kind of like have your – Yeah, you right? were overthinking it. Did a terrible job. Wes. Why am I still employed here? <laughs> when Calvin Benjamin tore his ACL last August, I was charged with writing the post, and I remember I closed it with something like, the Panthers are still strong enough to win a weak NFC South, but this really destroys their chances of advancing far in the playoffs. <sighs> oh, no, that's terrible. You weren't alone. Really bad. Well, you, you look at Cam Newton, who was – mechanically challenged at the time and really needed a, a big wide receiver with a huge strike zone. Calvin Benjamin came off a great rookie year and was, you know, Cam Newton's go-to target. It's like, who's he going to throw to? Ted Ginn? Well, I guess he's yeah. just going to. And we all, like, honestly, I feel like we all said that sentence. I think we all sort of made that joke and were like, Ted Ginn, like, seriously, this offense is in so <laughs> much trouble. And, um, yeah, that did not play out at and all. Cam Newton wins MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Little do we know. Well, we have to get Greg and Dan to chime in with their own I know. terrible predictions. They're not getting out of this. That is a great idea, and you guys have to hold them to it, okay? We'll tell them that we each did fives just so we can <laughs> stock up on Greg and Dan. <laughs> that should be its own podcast episode like coming it. soon. Um, hey, Brandon, I know that uh, we talked about in the beginning the fact that you were all over subreddit. Um, Killing it. I feel like you're probably on there right now. I actually was but. to see how many uh, – Heroes we had. You have an online addiction. That's another angle to look at it from. <laughs> About three times in nine days. So uh oh. That's a lot. So you uh, you said that somebody on subreddit um, 
Yes, someone said that they wanted uh, listener questions, so I sent out a post earlier, and I have some listener questions for you guys to answer. Okay, all right. let's do it. We're going to get a little music going, and it's about four minutes long, so you got to be rapid quick on these, all right? All right. Let's do it. I'm a little nervous about these questions. Colleen, what is your favorite college memory? I don't remember any of them. Excellent. <laughs> That's what's yours. I don't have any favorite. They were all bad memories. This is a terrible start. Mark, oh, no. I don't I don't think we're college people. Like mean, the day that I threw like my books and stuff in a garbage can and left. Actually I did tell my dad that H and M was a bookstore on campus when it was like a clothing store, in fact. So <laughs> okay, that, see, that's that good. worked a little that's bit. That's good. All right. Uh we'll go Colleen again. Have you ever stolen anything? Have I ever stolen anything? Yes. Um, I, I mean, I steal like pens and stuff from people all the time, but like I'm, something big, like something more than like a pen. She's like, hiding something. Like a yeah, car. I've stolen a car before. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, an automobile. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure I have, but I don't. But, know. but this is going out to the public, so you don't. Wanna... Yes. Okay. I stole a bag of Rolos from Kroger when there I was go. like 11 or 12 and got caught. There we go. Did and you? the security guard scared the crap out of me, told me they were going <laughs> to take away my scholarship to high school, um, that I was never going to have a future. This would ruin my life. Um, and I was a mess. Oh, my God. Yeah. Rolos. Ro- not worth it. A bag of Rolos was not worth it. I uh, in high school we went around. It was like a two floor, two story high school. We in every room had a phone, not a cell phone, like a real phone. And like we undid the mouthpiece and stole the thing that would make you be able to hurt on the other side, the little trinket in there. Stole like ninety to a hundred of these, and the entire building was crippled, and there were, no one could call any room. And it was fantastic. I had it in my bedroom for years. A bag of these. I feel no, like. this is that's true. Yeah, I mean we didn't get caught too, which is the best part. Oh, my God. That's such a Mark Sessler thing. not disappoint. Uh, What is your special talent, if you have one? Um, I can figure skate, and I can fly a plane. I don't know if that counts as a talent, but that's like... I'd say so. Well, figure skating, I guess, is a talent, but... I would say both are. Yeah. Hmm. Wes? Uh, I can beat anyone in Cornwall. That's so true. I've seen it before. That's very true. And um, I probably have... About 25 softball t-shirts in my closet from winning leagues. So softball would be one. Could have 26, wow. by the way. Yeah. Yep. They're like trophies, but you can wear them. Yeah. I like that. Wearable uh, trophies. I don't know. I would say I loved to draw growing up. I don't have time to do it that right now, but okay. I drawing maybe. All right. Not that Perfect. exciting. I, I, no, I've seen your stuff. Not, it's, it's, not, it's not recent. No. It's from ages ago if it is. <laughs> Art never ages, though. All right, let's wow. go. Last one. Last one. If you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing? Um, I would, well, I would probably be an art teacher somewhere, and I don't know if that's what I would want to be doing, but that's what I was supposed to go to school for. Would and you bring in Mark to show your students? Yeah, y- <laughs> yes. Stuff from 10 okay. years ago. <laughs> he would be my sub, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably, uh, that's probably what I would end up doing. I'd like to say I'd be doing something like Ken Burns because I love his job, historical documentarian. But realistically, if I had never become a writer, I'd probably be passed out in Huckapoos right now. <laughs> I might be there with you at this point. Uh, I I don't know, I think I would just do um, – I would want to be a reporter still, like maybe a crime reporter or like a cop's beat or something. Okay. Right. That would be good. I'm actually – so I'm on the subreddit now looking at some of the submissions. Um 
I'm actually kind of curious about this one myself. Fezme7 wants to know, what's your favorite beer or alcoholic drink? I'm a beer guy. That's what I tend to – that's my default drink. Uh-huh. Um, I usually drink an amber beer. I think red trolley is what I've been drinking mostly. Oh, I but I'm not like married to it or anything. Yeah, really? I don't. I don't discriminate widely. But um, <laughs> I would just say I like. I'll have like a beer of the summer that I like, and I'll latch onto that, and then I'll, it'll change down the road. So, is there anything that you're that you're all about right now? Vodka. I forgot. V- vodka. Beer and, vo- beer and vodka. And <laughs> I think Smittix is my favorite. Beer. Really. Like, mm. Mark, uh, Dan, and I have spent many an afternoon with the, with Greyhounds. Greyhounds. Yeah, that's Greyhounds actually great, I've I've seen. Dan introduced them to us. I would. Dan loves a greyhound. Yeah. I wonder if he has one right now. Um, Please, I, the preseason schedule just got released. He's absolutely <laughs> sauced. I'm a humongous fan of session IPAs. Mm. So they're like really drinkable. They have it's like super hoppy, but it's a light um, alcohol content. And even keel by Ballast Point is so good. That's like. That is my beer of choice right now. Good tip. All right. So that is it, guys. This was a this was a quick show today, but we got through a lot. Um, we uh, we hope Dan and Greg will return soon. Hopefully they'll get through whatever they're they're doing right now. And uh, yeah, when are we when are we going to be back? I don't think we know. I mean, one of our members is not even in the States. The other is in terrible shape right now. Monday, Tuesday. I mean, it's going to be Monday. Or one Tuesday. of those days. Do we even know? Early next week. Early next week. OK. Be vague. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's going to do it for us then. Well, thank you for stepping in, by the way. Yeah, last minute thing, came in, no problem. Excellent work. Beautiful job. All right, so that is it. We're going to do it again next week. Try to nail the post. I know. For Quiet Storm, the mailman, the Irishman. It's happening. Here we go. (laughs) Till next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late for the important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.